Hi everyone, it's Kino here. Thanks so much for joining me on Seek Up, the yoga inspiration show. I am so grateful for you and grateful to you for tuning in and sharing this journey with me. I am overwhelmed with how many people come up to me and say that they're really enjoying this type of communication, teaching, and sharing. So thank you so much for being a part of this journey of yoga, this journey of spirituality, this journey of mindfulness, this journey of seeking wisdom. More than anything else, this is meant to support the seeker's journey, meant to support you on the path. If you find this series of teaching really beneficial, the way that you can support this series is to become a member of the Om Stars yoga community and practice. We have decided to make this series free and available to everyone so that no matter where you are in the world, you can get the teachings that will hopefully provide sustenance for the seeker's journey. And for those of you that can become a member and give your support, please know that I appreciate it. And I'll see you on the mat real soon. Hi, everyone. It's Kino here. Thanks for joining me on Seek Up, the yoga inspiration show. I'm really excited to be here with Danny and Brinkley, whose books I've read and whose teaching and message I really, really connect with and excited to bring to everyone. When I asked Danny what he wanted me to share, his most important thing was that he wanted to share his love for all of you. And I'm, and I'm very excited to bring his story and his teaching to you. He's someone that has direct experience of what it's like to cross over and to come back. So Danian, welcome. I'm really, really grateful to be speaking with you. And I'd love for you to share with everyone um, what has been the biggest lesson that you've come into contact with, the teaching that you've come into contact with, and to share your experiences of this life having crossed over and then having come back. Kino, thank you for having me. And it was love and gratitude. I have gratitude okay. and appreciation. But <laughs> awesome. the biggest thing that I need, the biggest thing I need everybody to take home is this. No one ever dies. And every way that you've ever been told that you will die is 99% of that is never true. I can say that categorically why I have been dead twice and I've had two death experiences and I've had two more near death experiences. Struck by lightning, clinically dead. Open heart surgery, near death. Brain surgery, near death. Open heart surgery, death. Resuscitated three times. So when you have no pulse and no heartbeat, then that's a different world than when you're on respiratory equipment. Mm -hmm. And I come to that. I come to the fact that no one dies because one day in 1975, you know, while talking on the telephone, I was struck by lightning. And I discovered that we are spiritual beings with nowhere to go, no religion, no philosophy no background in any of that, and never would have believed it if it had not happened to me. <laughs> so we are all great, powerful, and mighty spiritual beings. That is an earned right. Great, powerful, and mighty are earned perspectives. Spiritual being is the positive with dignity, direction, and purpose. When you pull back as a spiritual being, while you're doing your 
your postures and while you're looking at the philosophy of yoga that you're in the illusion of nothingness. All of that is very true. It's all very true. So what a person has to do is they have to realize the only thing that can never go wrong in their life is they can allow something to affect their dignity, which would skew their direction and their purpose. And the biggest mistake we all make, you know, is forgetting that we are spiritual beings, that we are before this life and we will be after this life. And to have the rare privilege of being able to be alive now at this particular juncture in history or the evolution of consciousness is a great gift. No matter how bad it is, no matter how much gasoline is, no matter how much food shortage and blockchain and uh, all the crisis that we deal with, we're in the middle of a shifting of consciousness. Mm -hmm. We're in the middle of a transition in an age, like the Maya says, 20 5,920 years in their procession of the equinox, we are there. And we chose to be here. So for all those who are out there that follow Kino and the yoga, please add love and gratitude to each posture. Add love and gratitude. Because when you're stretching those muscles and aligning energetically in the nature of reality, in the harmonic of the uh, I would have to call it scalar or scalar wave energy. Then once you use love and gratitude as each action is taken, you enter what's called the state of grace. And in the state of grace, it clears away whatever it is that's affecting your dignity, whether it's your, your husband, your wife, your job, your friends, you're fat, you're too skinny, your head's too big, your hair's not right. All that stuff affects your dignity, and then you wait to watch what other people see about your dignity before you form an opinion of yourself when you left the fact that you were a spiritual being out completely. That person that you see in the mirror every day is not you. It's a, it's a composite of everything you think that everybody you hope will like about you, and you've turned yourself into that. That affects your dignity. Mm-hmm to appreciate love and gratitude, to work with whatever you have, clears what affects people's dignity. Mm -hmm. Me, what affected my dignity was being a jerk. <laughs> you know, I was a jerk, a jackass. I mean, I thought intimidation and threatening people, and I was a big old bulking heathen. <laughs> and I thought that was what made the world go around. And so I'd hit it in the face to see what it would do. And then I discovered that as a spiritual being, I'm hitting myself in the face. Mm -hmm. What becomes the most powerful thing, Kino, is this. When you leave this, this dimension and you lift out of your body and you acclimate in that in-between place, you'll go down a tunnel across a meadow or something that represents a boundary to you and everybody. If you ever listen to a near-death experience or you ever listen to somebody talk about it, everybody has this happen, a panoramic life review. Mm -hmm. You will see your entire life pass before you in a 360-degree panorama, and you will have missed nothing. Mm -hmm. You'll watch yourself from a second-person point of view as though you were your own best friend. 
and you get to see that it's about laughter and that when your best friend sees you be the dumbest person in the world or the smartest person in the world, the judgment is love and appreciation, love and gratitude, and making fun of you, which doesn't affect your dignity because it's your friend. Mm -hmm. And then you literally will become every person that you ever encounter, and you will feel the direct results of your interaction between you and that person. No one gets away with anything. So if you're going around being mad at somebody or your feelings are hurt with somebody or all of that, you have to realize, is is that affecting your dignity? The answer would be yes. Mm -hmm. Well, reality in the near-death experience says nobody ever gets away with anything. Never. And then the big question that comes at the end, and I'll use a Danianism. If God couldn't come today and God sent you, in the life you just reviewed, what difference did you and God make? Or would whatever you hold divine, what difference did you and whatever you believe to be divine made? So when you look at yoga posture and the following the philosophy, you know, which technique you use, and it has to have a state of grace about it. You are here, and people say, well, Daniel, what do you think the meaning of life is? I said, that's easy. Practicing being a god, <laughs> and they and they make a face, and I laugh. I said, "Well, okay. Write down on a piece of paper and a pencil, with a piece of paper and a pencil, write down everything you hope, think, or wish God to be: loving, caring, compassionate, thoughtful, caring, all those things. And then think of how many times per day do you have the opportunity to be one or more of those things you just wrote on that piece of paper." The answer will be all day, every day. So the meaning of life, without any question, based on that you believe that there is a divine force at work in your life, is practicing being that. Mm -hmm. Once you grip that, then you notice your breathing. And that's what's so great about yoga is you're stretching and relieving and where it where tension and stress and oxidative stress gathers is in the ligaments and tendons and the where it connects to the bones. Everybody who's ever fought a fight or fought in a war or served in the Marine Corps or played a sport or did yoga knows that. So once as you're releasing that tension, if you use love and gratitude as it's releasing, you keep shifting into the level of a spiritual consciousness in true dignity and direction. This shift is beautiful. And I think you've really described what brings so many people back to the practice is they may not even be cognizant that that's what they're tapping into. But it's why so many people just keep coming back to the practice. I'm really interested in what you described as this pivotal moment in the shift of consciousness that's happening now. What do you mean by that? And could you describe what this shift is about? And what role we're all playing, you know, where, where are we being and where are we going and what's special about this particular moment? Well, let's look at the Maya and then let's look at the World Health Organization and then let's look at the World uh, Economic Forum. All these are new revelations in the transformation of Western society. Everything is that we're in transformation. Look at where the dollar is. Look at where our budget is. Look at the excess and look at the, the, on the precipice of a nuclear war, which is only a threat. 
But the key lies here. We're at the beginning of the birth of a new age. The Mayans believe it started December 21st, 2012. And so that was the beginning of a 25,920-year cycle. And look what's happened since 19, since the end of World War II, the cycle that most of us are living in and have come through. It is ending. The petrodollar is ending. And a new world is being born. What is so important about the technique and the practice and gratitude and love is it's only heightened now. What you did in the 50s is not near as powerful as what you do in the 2000s because you're aligning yourself to an energetic shift in pattern. And who each of us are as great, powerful, and mighty spiritual beings, we are light bearers. And I say practice being a god, but it's about being a light bearer. And what I mean by that is to hold a certain conscious and a certain attitude that as this world is shifting and changing, we are the shifting and changers along with it. I decided that I didn't like people being afraid of death. I mean, this is what I decided after it happened to me. And I built the Twilight Brigade, one of the largest end-of-life care volunteer programs for dying veterans in American history. And I figured when I got up from being dead, I was paralyzed. I was dead for 28 minutes, completely paralyzed for six days, partially paralyzed for seven months. Took me two years to learn to walk and feed myself. And I decided what could I do to be the difference that God made. And as a Marine and a veteran, I decided I would die with veterans. I created the Twilight Brigade. And I have 34,000 hours at the bedside of 2,012 people going from this world to the next. And I've been with 351 people taking their last breath. So that is where I took my shift and in my change. And as everybody who's listening to this show that's a part of your program, if they listen and they hear what I'm saying, but just importantly, they feel what I'm saying, they'll know I'm telling them the truth. The battle for the souls of humankind will be fought in healthcare. You know, I wrote this in Saved by the Light 28 years ago. Anyone who can go by Saved by the Light on Amazon or at a bookstore and turn to Chapter 5, Box 12, or read the Boxes of Knowledge, in 1975, I was given the future. I didn't know it was the future then, Kino. <laughs> I thought it was the markers I'd been given to stay on track to fulfill the goal. Mm-hmm. that I had to fulfill, okay? And so from that point, I didn't realize it was future events until now. It's so obvious when you read a book I wrote 28 years ago about notes I took in 1976. When this happened, when I could write, I wrote down in nifty notebooks, nifty spiral notebooks, all of this. And then Paul Perry and I sat down and wrote Say by the Light. So what is really fun about Paul Perry, who I absolutely love, we are the same age. We are 100% opposites. I'm wide open. What are you going to do, kill me? Well, big deal. That's so frightening. I'm so afraid of that threat. <laughs> you know, and Paul, he's, he, he's trapped in the world of the illusion that this world has greater value or of that he has when this world has no value without us in it. It's no value. 
And the battle for the souls of humankind would be fought in healthcare. And this is the short version of Daniel. But and this is where we are right now. When you look at the last three years, the battle for the souls of humankind. And if you pay attention to the methodologies that are being used, healthcare has changed the definitions of so many paradigms so that it would be acceptable when they were not acceptable. How do we balance this? You know, when when you know potentially someone could take a critical eye at the government and a critical eye at one thing. And how do we balance what may be kind of like what we see that might demand change while holding the space of you know gratitude and love? I think that's something a lot of people on the spiritual path struggle with. You know, they may see things that, oh, well, I don't, this seems out of alignment. I don't like this. And then they get caught in hating that. And then they get caught in, you know, a loop about suddenly they're stressed out about, you know, one thing or another. And I mean, it could be anything, you know, sometimes in, sometimes in yoga, just to use a a really silly example is sometimes people get really stressed out about, the, the 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 shape that a certain pose would take and then and then people you know they get they end up losing the the sort of spirit of, of love and gratitude you know when they focus on kind of what's wrong so how, how do you how do you walk that line it gets down basically it affects your dignity what you described is somebody allowing something to affect their dignity which skews their direction and their purpose mm-hmm. and that's what is the end product what you do is you stay focused. Uh-huh. You stay focused in it. Your job is a spiritual being operating within this framework. And you don't let anything change that. No matter what it is, you pull back as a spiritual being and you look at it. Watch this. This is the big secret, Kino. Here's the, the secret of the ages. Are you ready? I'm ready. When you come to this plane, you were chosen. You chose to come, but more importantly, you were chosen to come here. And then you chose to come. Then you have to accept the lie. Much, 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 much in yoga teaches you about the grand illusion, the poison. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, here's the grand illusion. In the spiritual world, there is no such thing as helplessness and loneliness. There is no such thing. It is impossible to be helpless or lonely in the spiritual framework. It's impossible. But when you come here, you have to accept those two things as a possibility in this life. You help us when you're born and you help us when you die. And in between those times, you have spells of loneliness. These are the grand illusions that affect the dignity of a spiritual being. And a spiritual being knows it's a lie. That's what sets up a curiosity. It's what sets up evil. It's what sets up betrayal. It's what sets all that up. People rebelling against what they know is a lie. And then they create all kinds of systems of worship and all that stuff. So when you realize that that lie is only an illusion, an illusion, then the steps that you take are in love and gratitude. And the only power you have is what's within your fingertips. Within your fingertips, the power to push a vote, the power to make a call, the power to get on a Zoom call, or the power to influence people to take better care of themselves. Mm-hmm. These are the things that empower you, not the illusion of power, which is what you're witnessing, which makes you angry. Mm-hmm. People have to understand this is the big test. 
this is the test. And I wrote all this in Saved, you know. People have to understand, and I know this sounds crazy to everybody, but I'm telling the truth. <laughs> we are the heroes. These beings kept making it a point to tell that we were heroes, and they differentiated. It was heroes and heroines, because there are seven other worlds, us plus six other worlds, that depend on us to hold this ground, that no matter what you think is happening around you, and no matter how insane it is, you are the difference it makes. You are the difference that goodness makes. You're the one that has that power. Everything is to take away a person's power as a human being, which they're doing an excellent job. They have no power against a spiritual being. And when you hold that place, no matter how much adversity, no matter what it is you see, no matter what, okay? And I always laugh when people argue with me. I always ask them, well, how many times have you gotten up from the dead and how many people have you died with that you base your opinion on? <laughs> because these are the only things I discuss. <laughs> you know, I only discuss death and dying. I mean, I live in that world every day. I talk to people all the time. I've been with, I have thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of hours watching this process. And I've been through it myself. So, Mine are, I look at it from a good old country boy's point of view, and I see it for what it really is. And we are the difference that divinity makes. And when you forget that, other things can skew your direction and your purpose. Mm -hmm. I, I could say that. I really believe that. I, I think it's, I, I think you're absolutely right on that. I have, I have a question that I've been pondering recently. Perhaps it's something you may have an opinion or an experience of. And this is something of the question of what is life, you know, uh, have, and where does life begin if we are, you know, we are these spiritual beings. And when we cross over from this life into our truth as spiritual beings, you know, when did that life begin, that spark of life? Are, are, we, are we eternal? Have we lived before? Will we live again? Okay, we are forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, you know, we, you don't measure time in the spiritual realm. Time is an illusion based on the fact that the earth is supposed to be spinning at a thousand miles an hour and taking and moving at a million miles an hour around the, the sun. And it created the 24 hours in a day at a million and a thousand miles an hour. But we are eternal. And a lot of people talk about you, you have life when you have a heartbeat. Okay, well, I believe that that heartbeat represents the potential of spirituality. But until you take your first breath, so that being that's chosen to enter that body for that purpose and that 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 reason they were chosen, until you draw that first breath, you don't know who that person's going to be. Mm -hmm. And until you let go of that last breath, which is the air represents divinity. You can't, I used to tell people, if you want to know where God is, lick your hand and wave it in the air. And everywhere you wave your hand, it's cool that you feel in the divine force. <laughs> okay, so air, you cannot see it. And how long can you live without it? How long can you hold your breath? Mm -hmm. And so when you look at that and knowing that air represents the divine force, that unknown world that you're surrounded in, 
and then you start to look at this world, you are an energetic being. That's quantitative dynamics. It's proven. You, the atmosphere is electrical. It has an atmosphere, stratosphere, and ionosphere. It's electrical. Okay? It's made of electricity, proton, electron, neutron. So when you start looking at it from that point of view, there comes a quiet stillness that comes. Because you, you, I, I, I'm not, I believe in reincarnation, but it's a belief system I have, not a knowing. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm a spiritual being, and I know that everybody who's listening to me is a spiritual being, and it doesn't matter what you think, that's who you are. Get over it. <laughs> and when you, take that, when you take that last breath, you out of here. And you'll be so happy you won't know what to do because the job's done. You come per breath. People who, who understand the depth of the spiritual nature, breath you breathe in and the breath you breathe out changes the world. And then the value you placed upon that breath and how deep you take it, which is what the techniques in yoga teach you, how to stretch and to breathe. And then that value... And the nature of the philosophy is power. And it can be used to change things at a distance. It can be used to affect a change collectively. Pick a group thought. Pick a nursing home. And everybody who comes into the practice or comes to that training, focus on that. Let each breath in, the breath in and the breath out. Because you breathe the breath in to sustain and to uh energize the body and to make sure you have all the nitrogen and oxygen and minerals or whatever's in the atmosphere. But when you breathe out, you breathe out direction and intent. So what's the reason why you breathe in tells you the value of your life. I'm breathing to make a difference in love and gratitude in the life of a person that's either lonely or helpless. And that's the dying in the psychology that we live in today and the illusion of religion. There's so many people that feel that helplessness and loneliness, you know, in every, in in moments of their lives, you know, people that suffer from depression, people that suffer from anxiety and get overwhelmed with that. I mean, I, I, I came to yoga from, you know, looking for, looking for a path to, to, to lead out of some really dark places inside of myself. And so I feel like, you know, um, there, there are people that face that every day. And I really like what you said about the, the breath being this, this kind of intersection of power to effect change, not only in the immediate vicinity, but in the, in a, in a more, you know, in a more grand, in a more grand scale. What do you have to say in regards to, people that feel that loneliness and helplessness in their, in their everyday life or, or people that may even desire to, you know, end their life and cross over now. Well, they need to start taking yoga with Kino. <laughs> I understand. I understand the helplessness. I have been helpless in my life, but I knew when it happened, I've never been helpless before that. I mean, I'm a combat veteran. You know, I, I create helplessness, okay? But then when I became helpless, when I was paralyzed and lying there and, you know, it was horrible. Learning how to walk and falling in the floor. Think of this. 
get up to try to walk and I fall and hit the wall. I break my nose. I pass out. I wake up with blood running out of my nose and ants in my up in my nose and in my eyes. And I lay there for three hours while that's happening because I cannot move. And I would pass out. I went out to dinner thinking I was going to be the big hero. And I was uh, eating soup and I fell over in the soup and then fell over on the floor in the Chinese restaurant. Now think about that. And all these people had to help me get in the car. And I didn't want to call 911. It's so embarrassing to be uh, helpless. But so I understand that. And I understand that it's an illusion, but it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. But it means that you have not taken care of yourself or you've turned to pharmacology as an escape mechanism and you don't do what it takes. You keep on the same routine. You change your routine. Change your routine. You change your breathing techniques. You pay attention to what you're doing and you cleanse that body. Okay, because people, there are a lot of reasons that people have depression. Most of the time, it's the surrounding environment that they find themselves in and discord, which affects their dignity, which leads to that. Then there's insufficient chemistry a lot of times in the body because whoever was birthing you ate garbage. You know, and they, you know, people don't think they have to change or do anything. A lot of women do now, but think about the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and the 80s mm-hmm. and what happened. So you have chemical imbalances. None of these, none of these are the person's fault. But finding a routine, finding a routine like a yoga class is, helps with loneliness and helplessness. Mm-hmm. And then, because let me tell you what loneliness and helplessness does, it creates despair. And the pandemic, it, it created that perfectly. The forces that control the nature of spirituality on this earth know what I know. So if you create helplessness and loneliness, and you can't be with the loved ones you love as they're passing from this world to the next, you have created a psychosis in a person. You know, and I always used to laugh when uh, when someone asked me about that. I just laughed. I said, you know what I'm thankful to the devil for? That my mom and dad have already left the world. Mm-hmm. Because if anybody thinks that they can tell me I can't go see my mom or my dad because I could kill them and they're dying, that's an idiot talking. And when they're taking my mom or my dad out of the nursing home or the house because I set the place on fire, I'm going to hold their hand till they put them in the ambulance to take them to the next place. So I'm thankful that I'm not doing time for arson because my <laughs> mom and dad have already left this world. But I'll uh, guarantee you, Kino, yeah. I'm the wrong person to try to play that crap on because I don't play it. <laughs> I, I can I can hear you're quite serious about that. And I actually, my father passed away a few years ago and I actually had a, um, a thought that I was, I was, I've been, really glad that he wasn't around to see, you know, to see this time. I, um, uh, I had a, I had, I had an experience that I always thought was the moment that my dad would get better. He was sick for a number of years. And, um, you know, I had this, this, um, I had this vision that, uh, you know, um, these spiritual beings would step into the room with him and tell him, and his name was John. And I heard them say, John, stand up. And my father was bedbound for the last years of his life. 
And, uh, you know, I saw him stand up and I always thought that he would be miraculously healed. You know, that was my, my hope as a daughter, you know, and, um, sure, but you're supposed to think like that as a daughter. Yeah. but that, I mean, I, that's exactly realized, what you're supposed to think. Yeah. I realized after he passed away though, that, that actually that was his moment of passing, you know, that they, that, that, that yeah. those, they beings, they, they came to get him and he stood up in that moment and, you know, and I feel that. You know, he, uh, he I, I, I can really feel what you mean about the dignity because the last, like the last, the last moment I had talking to my father, he, he, he couldn't speak anymore. And I could see that he, I, I could see that he was, that that was really too much for him. And, um, yeah, um, John, John stand up, quit yeah. being a, quit being a baby, quit yeah. being a baby, John, he stood you know, you know, wore that body, you know, you know, wore that body out. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Time to blow this popsicle stand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Death is funny I mean, to me. Kino, death is funny to me. I hate the circumstances that I watch that people go through with being with thousands of people as they die. Mm-hmm. I study death. I study it firsthand. I'm not a philosopher. Mm-hmm. And I understand reality from both sides of the veil. No, I understand it. There's nothing weird or odd or strange to me about who we are, what we're doing here, and why we're here. Hmm, I know. And mm-hmm. I've paid an awful price to know it, but I still know it. That's why I want everybody that's listening to this to go get somebody to come to one of these classes with Kino. <laughs> you tell them I said so, and I don't want to hear it. <laughs> don't make me have to come over there. <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to do? Kill me? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. That's so scary. Oh, God. <laughs> Please. Like the cartoon Bear Rabbit. Please don't throw me in the briar patch. <laughs> so that's where he came from. Actually, yeah. In in the yoga tradition, when, when my yoga teacher passed away, actually, and uh, I don't know if I've ever shared this with too many people, but I did, I, I, the morning he passed away, I had a dream that he passed away. And then, um, I immediately went to check the, you know, check the website and see, you know, is, is he, is my yoga teacher? Yeah. I had a really traditional Indian, um, yoga teacher that I had the blessing of practicing with for many years. And then I dreamt that he passed away. And then I went immediately to his, you know, his, his Institute's website and nothing, nothing was there. And few a few hours later they they actually did post that he'd passed away and and the interesting thing about that is that you know the 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 Indi- when we went to his funeral they presented it as the moment of mahasamadhi as a moment of celebration as a moment of yeah celebrating a life yeah this being is now reunited with the you know the grand oneness of the universe it's 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 not a it's, and and there's this there's actually a celebration and Unlike in Western cultures where we wear black and, and, you know, it's very, there's this wine, very somber and, tone. And wine. Yeah. There's a, everybody wears white. The Irish, the, the Irish, the Irish don't think like that. <laughs> really? Yeah, the Irish drink a lot of liquor. Okay. <laughs> but I, I, I think they, I, I don't know if it's, it's appropriate to say that, that that may happen at other times in Ireland as well. Um, <laughs> but well, but, you know, way they have wakes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just kidding. I don't mean to offend anyone Irish. I just, you know. Oh, I don't care. I'll offend somebody. I don't care. <laughs> I've been to a couple of wakes. I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem about it, but I, but I started out this with love and gratitude and I appreciate yoga. Yeah. 
because it was those stretches when I was trying to, to get up from being paralyzed over six days of of that. It's because of doing those stretches and being determined when I couldn't move my hand, I was determined. And I looked at, uh, I looked at Gray's Anatomy and a yoga book. And I would work toward those postures and I would work toward them. I'd read what the definition was and I'd work toward that posture. And it was those postures. And maybe I couldn't get into the posture. Maybe I couldn't get there because of the pain that it took. But the fact that I was trying to get there is what got me to the place that I finally got up and walked. And yes, I fell down. And yes, I passed out. And yes, but I kept doing it. And I kept on. And I, to this day, there's a lot of postures I cannot get into because the lightning went down my spine and my spine is degenerating. It's just deteriorating, okay? But I still stretch. I mm-hmm. still do as much as I can, and I pay attention to my breath. And people can think whatever they think. I just need to know how many times they got up from the dead. <laughs> and I'm living proof that what I think works. And and your the, the the story that you just shared about the description of the effort of trying, even if you never maybe achieved the asana or the pose, is essentially you know what the what the teaching of yoga is is, is about. So I, I think your story is very inspiring to everyone. And I'll just ask you one more question, and which is, do you have any last um, anything last that you'd like to share with everyone? Well, the the thing is this: you are a great, powerful, and mighty spiritual being with dignity, direction, and purpose, okay? Your direction, you're on it. It's your purpose that you struggle with. And it's not to be a perfect yoga master. And it's not to eat uh, beans and weeds and, and broom straw. Your purpose is to be you. And look at what you touch and the difference that you make in it. And do not take it as a casual moment because a force so powerful and so great depends on you. And there are levels of consciousness that are higher and more achieved and greater achieved than you, more sophisticated and more articulate than you. And there's levels of consciousness less than you, but they are dependent on you to hold this divine force. And one way to hold a divine force is in these positions. And when you reach these positions, it's not about attainment. It's about the practice and about the purpose of the practice and why you get ready and you go do it or you show up. Because remember, helplessness and loneliness are abated a great deal when you practice yoga or you go to an ashram or you go someplace where other people gather because you find confidence, security, And maybe you get mad because you can't find that exact position because all of a sudden your dignity is affected because you're comparing yourself to the person next to you. And once you let that happen, your direction and your purpose get skewed. But you are a divine, powerful, and mighty spiritual being. And your purpose is to keep the light lit, to smile, and to let that be a force that pushes outward collectively to change what's going on. Excuse me, the action you take to change it starts in the breath you breathe in and the value of the breath you breathe out because every breath you change it and redefining the direction of your purpose. 
This is a beautiful teaching, Danny, and I hope everyone takes that to heart and, and, and comes to class. Thank you so much for your time. It's been really, really amazing to share this time with you. Um, people can well, read your books, right? They can find them on Amazon. Where else can they find yeah, you? Saved by the Light. The Saved by the Light at Peace in the Light, Secrets of the Light. If you're in New York, I'm in Lilydale next month on the 19th of, I'm going to Lilydale uh, on the 19th of August. So if you're in New York or right in that area, I'm going to be there. And then I, Mel knows the schedule. People, please go to Light Streamers. Mel houses everything. And I call him Mr. Mebbin because he likes to run my life and I like for him to do it. <laughs> And, and he's, you know, I'm like, you know, this is how I am. You know, there's nothing you can do to me. You think you can inflict pain on me? Well, you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're funny. So I am thankful that you had me on this program. I'm thankful for every one of those people who choose yoga as an art form of taking care of themselves, to align themselves to be more divinely purposeful. So every time you seek to go into a pose or a posture, it is for the reason to make you more divinely purposeful. And when you get up and you go, you will find out how all of a sudden the light bulb will come on. And that thing that you've been looking for, that mystery that you've been trying to answer is at your fingertips. And what I've tried to do this night, this afternoon, is tell the truth. And so I'm telling you the truth, everybody, as I know it and have thought it through for 72 years and 47 years since I was struck by lightning. Even a fool catches on in time. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been really awesome. I love you, Kino, and keep up the good work. And you too. And I hope we can connect again soon. This has been really, really nice. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I send you so much love and so much gratitude for who you are in the world too. So thank you so much. Hey there, it's Kino here. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to my podcast. Your support and your time and your attention really mean a lot to me. If you're enjoying this podcast series, you can find the full-length videos on my online channel, OMSTARS. And that's at www.omstars.com. You can redeem a 14-day free trial and get access to our full library of over 3,000 classes and also practice yoga with me online. I'd also love to see you in class sometime. So you can find my full live in-person teaching schedule on my website, which is kinoyoga.com. And if you haven't checked out my books, I'd absolutely be honored if you'd check those out. You can find those available at any online bookseller. The Yoga Inspiration Podcast is designed to keep you inspired to get on the mat. And I hope you're leaving each episode with a little glimmer and spark of the spirit which is the true heart of the yoga method. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be filled with love. Namaste.